Hello, everyone, and welcome to Moogle Go Around Radio episode 127. Yay! Yay! We did it. Whoa. Hey, Paul. Yeah. How are you doing, Paul? I am very tired. And before we get into this, I'm going to take some sadness out of the way. Uh, So today, I have been in contact with many doctors, doctors, nurses. So as we all know, I have lymphedema. What's lymphedema, you may ask? It's a chronic, I would say illness, but just a chronic, not even a disease, it's just a chronic thing that is uncurable. I have a swollen leg, I have lots of fluid. But recently I went out for a scan for my pelvis and I got a lovely phone call from my doctor today, which I was supposed to have until the 3rd of next month. And there is a a swollen lymph node in my pelvis, about two centimeters. He literally gave me a hip bazak thing. But has told me that a sur- I need to get in contact with a surgeon and a um, a cancer uh, doctor for I think pelvic cancer could be bowel cancer because it's in that sort of area. But see if it's not cancerous. So that was fun today, uh, and also had a lovely, lovely uh, meeting of a, an educational meeting of how to live with lymphedema. And it's going to be a lot of hard work because I'm a very big person and my leg is very big. So now I've got to settle that up. And with that, I have not slept today. I'm still going on like two hours sleep. So two hours sleep is still some sleep. But other than that, yeah, it's an update for the people on Podbeam because I have talked about this before. But yeah, but now, how are you, Chili? Had your day been better? Again, I was muted. But before I talk about me, I would like to say, Paul, I've known you for a very long time now. Well, it feels like a long time. It's been like four or five years. Um... And I've got to say, I wish you the best. And I know you're going to fight this no matter what it is. It might be tough, but I know that you're able to do it. So I, I believe in you. And if I could give you a hug, I would give you a hug. But unfortunately, with COVID, I haven't had my second job yet. So I'll we'll just wait. hug the air around the laptop and yeah. hope you get it. I'm hugging right now. Worry. Nobody can see it, but I, I'm doing it. For- you can really I'm feel the allowed. love. Yeah. It's if tangible. I'm allowed to, I would be able to stream because of the famous Soken. You must do what you love or there's nothing else to live for. So I will raid in Hostel if I'm allowed. I like raiding. <laughs> I love playing games. Okay, well, I'd like to welcome in our guest. Um, I want to say uh, for the, a lot of the Final Fantasy fourteen content creators or in content creators in general, she could be an, uh, they can be an exp- inspiration to a lot of people because they put a lot of effort into what they do. They show a lot of love to their community. They, when you watch the streams, you can feel like they're talking to you, even though there's loads of people in the chat at the same time. It, it's quite wonderful really to like feel like you've got a direct communication with them even though there's like 80 to 100 or more people in that chat communicating with them so it takes a very special talent to be able to do that but we're very lucky to have on uh chess or rook thank you so much for having me i'm so glad to be here and paul obviously we're just meeting today but i'm wishing you all the best to health scares and things like that some of the most stressful things but and you're going to keep going through too, and I hope that you're able to get it all sorted out. So, I would love to put a shoe on again. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And walking, <laughs> going outside. If I would so... say that in two years. <laughs> uh, I mean... Thank you, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here, and you are so sweet and so kind. I mean, it's it's amazing to have even gotten to know you, Chili, and to, yeah. to be here with you both right now. Yeah, we, I got to meet you because of the Mog TV. Uh, well, I've been on Aphrodite Radio once before well, twice before and then mog tv was when we kind of really chatted for a little bit really when we had the 
Frosty TV Chocobo charity event. That was so fun. I It was so funny because the first time that we ran into each other in game for that, actually, we were live on stream. <laughs> and I this is where the great rival, the great rival yeah. started. I saw you over there and I was like, oh my gosh, it's chilly. And then we were talking a little bit and I said yeah. something about like, I really hope I didn't. I really hope I didn't sound like a big absolute nerd by being like, "Hey, be my anime rival." <laughs> to and that, but the thing is, though, then on my stream at the same time, I'm like, "Oh, it's Rook! Oh my god, that's amazing!" Wait, she's in the race as well, right? And I'm like, "Wait, I heard she's it's an old. I wonder if she's got enough gill to buy food for the chocobo. Should I go and get, trade her some gill?" <laughs> You were my actual hero. Oh my gosh, I had nothing. I had like a glamour that I had just scraped together whatever I could, dyed it yellow so it was Chocobo themed. <laughs> it was rough, like, it was rough. Yeah, I was like, oh, I've, I've got my pedigree, because I still had a pedigree 9 Chocobo at the time. It didn't have the best stats, which I'm working on right now. I'm trying to get, my goal right now is to try and get a maxed out Chocobo. Um, I was inspired by that. And of course, the streams that have been going on recently on Final Fantasy XIV, um, so yeah, I I'm happy that we got to meet like that, and damn you, my enemy rival, I guess. <laughs> Shakes fist in the distance, has some sort of pan shot where we both make <laughs> eye contact, and like a lightning bolt goes by in the distance. Uh, yeah, that that sounds about right. Uh, so we're here to talk about healers because we've recently had two episodes talking about tanks. We covered paladin, warrior, gunbreaker. Dark Knight, I know they said Machinist, which is in the tank, but you know, we had those four. Uh, so now we decided to jump into the healers. Uh, I play White Mage. Paul, I can't you've had some with Scholar, right? Scholar and Astro, yeah, mainly yeah. Scholar. And Rook? Oh yeah, I've never healed in my life. I don't heal oh, okay. in-game. I don't Sweet. really know why you invited me to this podcast, to be honest. No, I'm kidding. I'm main, I main healer, <laughs> but I've been maining White Mage this specific expansion and before that astrologian and sorry scholar i played you a little bit but i i haven't like i am not the know-all scholar i know enough to kind of talk about it so we'll be riding on that but nothing super technical about it i was gonna thought you can say but i play monk we're like okay well we're talking about second wind and bloodbath today <laughs> <laughs> yep that's it i'm ready for this monk podcast please don't please no please i don't i know nothing about monk i punch I punch stuff <laughs> I knew a decent amount of Monk because I used to raid with it, but then they got rid of Grease Lightning and I hated it. So Yeah, what do you even do if you're not getting just covered? <laughs> I want something. my anime I style. <laughs> I almost said, what are you going to even do if you're not getting covered in greased oil? And then I went, oh, maybe I should double check with them first about whether or not that's no, acceptable can, to say you here. You can say pretty much anything on here. We're very oh, open. Great. So, excellent great i mean great, there's great. a certain words that you can't of course because of reasons yeah please nobody i mean say clearly them, yeah no on there's average, no reason on average <laughs> but you it's can good say to know that much. i can talk about getting greased up in oil and that's fine yeah. so that's good to i know. mean i've been playing I've been, D &D in, in D &D. with yeah i've been i've been greased up and oiled a few times in D, &D for some reason <laughs> shoved in a hole yeah I, I we were in a cave right and i'm a halfling okay so i'm like really small i'm a halfling monk um and there was some like holes where we couldn't see what was through them so to decide what we were going to do they decided to grease up the halfling and push me into a hole and make me slip through the hole to go for the other side so i could look what was behind the hole that seems so. like a sound plan that was creative thinking yeah i found treasure and we were a little bit more richer so and then i also found goblins and i ran through the hole again because i was greased up so i had the advantage <laughs> 
Uh. And you know, lots of great ideas from this, even uh, for any of our Lalafellian role players, possible things that, you know, your allies can do if you're looking for any adventures or any additional uh, treasure that might be hidden in particular cave systems. Yeah, yeah. Bring a Lalafell, I guess, which I also play, as we know. I'm a Lalafell in it. That's why I have to, by the way, if anyone doesn't know, I have to be BA before Endwalker, otherwise I'm having to become a a bunny boy. I don't want that. I like Lalafells. No. You're so iconically a Lalafell. I just can't even imagine you as a bunny. I love the bunny boys. They're great, but I can't imagine you as a bunny boy. No. Anyone who's met me in real life knows that I look a bit like a Lalafell because of how short I can be. I'm not the tallest person in the world, so... And I often, for protection, (laughs) I go to find the tallest people. (laughs) Like, I get nervous at fan fests, so... Last one, I wasn't too bad, but the first fan fest, I was really nervous. So I ended up, like, finding, like, anyone that was over six foot and just standing next to them so nobody would notice it was me. <laughs> you need to find, like, a really good Merle V. Barauban cosplayer next time and just, like, park oh. yourself right next to them and have them escort you around. <laughs> How short I could be? Does your height? You know, well, it depends on your shoes, of course. Bigger shoes make look taller, right? Yeah, if you got big platforms on, yeah, that checks see? out. I mean, I have size 21 feet, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a damn clown. Uh, so white mage. So right, play, white mage. <laughs> so, so you play uh, white mage and astro. Now, do you do any raiding with white mage or astro at the current tier? Or have you done it recently at all? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so I've been raiding on white mage for all of Shadowbringers. We're actually just right now hopping back into some tea as well. So we're doing Epic of Alexander. Um, and before that, so through all Stormblood, I raided on Astrologian, and mostly, I think that's really, those two classes are the ones that I've mostly raided on. I've never taken my Scholar in, sorry Scholar again, I don't mean to dunk on you, but I might dunk on you a little today. But I, I've taken mostly White Mage and Astrologian. Um, how do you feel with it is right now? Do you feel it's okay? Do you, what, what's, what's your feelings with White Mage and Astro right now? Yeah, I mean, White Mage in particular, and Chili, you can, I mean, obviously, you got your thoughts on this too, I'm sure. I think White Mage is in a great place right now, especially compared to whatever happened in that mess that was when the new job gauges got added. And they were like, oh, I guess White Mage is, uh, like, a bunch of flowers or something. And when that first came out, uh, and, and we first got those sort of updates in Stormblood, I think that's, I fell in love with Stormblood Astrologian, but... I think that was also partially what kind of drove me even further towards it at that point for White Mage, because the class just didn't feel coherent. Like, there were a lot of great little ideas in there, and, you know, I think that the aesthetics and designs of those, you know, job gauges and things are really fun, but it just, like, didn't come together in a way that felt intuitive with how you would actually play the class. The things that you would try and do, especially within a rating context... Um, and the ways that you would try to be more efficient or conserve mana or, you know, things like that, get DPS uptime. All of the initial sort of changes seemed to almost work against that. And now I feel like White Mage is in such a great place. The abilities, the lilies, the usage, all of it feels like it flows so much better. And even though they've kind of refined it a little bit, maybe dialed back a little bit of the absolute ridiculousness that were our blood lilies initially, overall it feels like it's really cohesive to play it's fun it gives you the big hits and the big heals like you kind of would want from the class and it just felt like together conceptually it's just way stronger for me right now than it was maybe in previous iterations not as punishing on mp either like in heaven sword it's it's just so nice 
Yeah, it's very hard for me to run out of mana as a white mage now. And even if I die, as long as I time it right, I don't really ever have an issue with mana. Um, just because you have the what's it, the button that gives you infinite mana, and you've got your our size, and you've got lucid dreaming, you've got all different ways to get your mana back, and you've got some insta cast spells that don't cost mana as well, which is pretty good. So yeah, it's will, awesome. It's like mana will, for days. I will say I'm going to miss the high damages when we get to M Walker. Because, you know, everything's getting scaled down. Which, we're still going to do the damage. We're just not going to see the big numbers. Which makes me, I like big numbers. I know. It's so funny. I feel like there's just very, two very distinctive mindsets. Either people who just really see, like, the big numbers and love it. Or people who are just like, well, as long as I'm, like, proportionally doing the same amount, it's fine. So I never, I never really knew the thrill of seeing the big number until early on uh, this, you know, expansion and this, this uh, set of raids when people were like, you know, we were running in with our static and our black mage was pointing out like, you got the hardest hit of the, of the whole fight. You, you did in a single hit the most damage, even compared to me. And I was like, oh, little old me, the white mage. Because <laughs> I'm like drenched in the blood of my allies and creating flowers out of it. It was just... <laughs> It's so satisfying, but yeah, I think it's important to remember, obviously, that it's all proportionally going to be the same. You're still having the same impact. It's just that the calculations oh, yeah. can't handle those massive numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like I, I, I'm dressed as Vivi, as my white mage. That's my white mage glamour. And I think I've seen 170k as a misery once before. It's like, and from what I've heard, um, it's going to be scaled down to, so if you did 100k damage, you'll be doing 20k in Endwalker. I'm brightly reading that, so... That's interesting to me. So say if you critted for 100k, say on your lily, that would be 20k, correct? Yes. Direct it. Yeah. Yeah, so basically as a samurai, you know, I don't you know, I don't deal with those measly 100k. I'm just saying we do the 200k's over here. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, my white mage or dancer haven't beaten me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Give me dance partner and we'll see. <laughs> It's true, I do get dance part, that is true. That is true. Yep. But to be fair, you're oh, no. also a samurai, so if we were doing more damage than you, I would want to be nerfed. I mean, I'd like to see it at first point, and then I'd want to be nerfed, because we shouldn't I... be doing that. <laughs> no, Chili, I don't agree with anything you've just said, <laughs> and I think we should be doing more damage than samurais. <laughs> and I, I... I personally feel very comfortable with this. I think it would be good. It would be a good design mentality. And I think for a healer in particular, to bring that kind of utility, uh, namely just the big deeps, I think it would be really beneficial and probably evenly balanced. I'm kidding. I mean, you know, what they, you know what they say, <laughs> if the enemy dies, then there's no healing because they've died. Exactly. Exactly. So if we so. just kill them first, then yeah. we've done our job as a healer, I think. Yeah. We've healed you and by this, killing things. And this is why... <laughs> Uh, so I, I play DPS in most of my MMOs right now, and I'm, I'm wondering why I die. And this is the healing mentality that I feel. Mm. <sighs> you know, I would yeah. I would try to argue for yeah. myself, but considering the things I've said here in the last 30 seconds, I don't really think I can. So, <laughs> I mean, he's also raided with me, so he knows that I'm it's telling like, the it's truth. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, how did you die? It's like, well, I weren't top tough. And all I see is the white mage glare. I'm like, look. Really? Really? Look, I'm really, ha I'm really hoping that Glare upgrades to Stare. That's my my dream. 
That would be good. That would be good. What's your white mage doing? They're just staring menacingly. <laughs> Why are they doing damage? No one knows. Just, to, just because we just have to press glare over and over and over again. So I just want it to be like you press stare, you stand there, look at the enemy, and it's a dot kind of, but not really. See, just prolonged stink eye that you're giving them. Yeah. <laughs> I do miss stone in like stone three. I don't know why. Like I'm probably old fashioned, but I miss that like stone, the arrows, and now it's just the glare and what's a dot? dire. Dire. I mean, yeah. dire is a standard Final Fantasy white made spell, so it's nice that we have it. But it would have been nice if we had both arrow and dire. That way we'd have two dots. And I wish all healers got two dots, by the way, not just white mage. So does this mean we might get like a shaman or some sort of another elemental type job in the future as they now got rid of stone for white mage? Not like early levels, but obviously them going to dire. I mean, the lore of white mage, particularly within the context of Final Fantasy XIV, coming from Conjury, right, is so, so closely tied to wielding the natural powers, specifically communing with or, you know, wielding the aspects that the elementals sort of themselves evoke or embody or coalesce from. So to me, it's like, yes, I think that the light element is great to kind of have evolved into, but I do hope we continue to see things. And it's kind of tough because when you're adding those new capstone abilities, obviously people want to take a look at them and have that like, ooh, oh, I want to play that kind of moment. So like, you know, there did come a point as a white mage we're just getting, and it's more rocks. Got a little bit tiresome for me personally, but I hope they keep kind of building on that lore. And I'm really curious with the, you know, next raid that we've seen, um, at least the preview of the next uh, eight man, right? Uh, being, or sorry, is it the 24 man? That's the sort of dealing with the gods and the deities and is the, you know, actual, no, um, that's like the, the, the man, right? right? 24 yeah. man, yeah, 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 yeah. That looks like, you know, it may even have something to do there with the uh, temple dedicated to them. So I think that we might get even some surprise lore, depending on if they really set it there in the shroud or additional stuff with White Mage that could be really cool when it comes to the elementals or um, the gods that might have even put them there, which is interesting. I don't know, but yeah. it's got a lot of great themes. I still just hope we're just crashing a wedding. That's, yeah, that's what I like. You I know, wanted to be a wedding going on in the 24-man raid. Yeah, in the 24-man, you just crashed it in, you know. Then I have like, this big ceremony, and you just go in there, and yeah. Where's the raid yeah. boss? <laughs> <laughs> bride and groom just stand there like, oh, no. It's like, ah, oh, you're the raid boss. It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. Or like, you know, you have to defeat all of the different uh, bosses and then at the end you can like set something up so that two of them get married and then you officiate the ceremony and it's like the real final boss was love the whole time. Uh, (laughs) Still a better better story than Twilight still to this day. (laughs) You say that, but I own like five copies of each Twilight movie for some reason. Why'd you own five? (laughs) I have some concerns based off of the statement you've just made. Look, I can't say why, but yeah, I do. <laughs> um, talk about race so speculation, Your family actually. ran out of gifts for Christmas. That's, that's no, what I'm no, I inherited them all from different family members because all of them lied <laughs> by like... Uh, what an inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> Real bummer uh, that's what you got, but... <laughs> uh, but talk about raid series, okay? Um... Mm. I'm, I, I want to bring this up to you because I've brought this up with a few people who had it as a guest. I've got some speculation on the eight-man raid. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. That's okay? For sure. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pandemonium, it, it looks like it's tied in with La Habrea. 
Now, we know that from Shadowbringers that La Brea was like a crazy scientist in the past. He liked to make weapons and stuff like that. Because we could tell from, yeah, the ultimate weapon. Now, what if Pandemonium is like a secret forbidden laboratory that he had on Earth, well, Heidelin, before the split, moved it to the moon to make it safe, and it's the forbidden stuff that he wasn't supposed to be creating. So we'll be going to fight like these weird forbidden monsters that the Habreas made. I mean, yeah, that seems like that could absolutely be a thing. Uh, it's so interesting with us only having Pandemonium, right? Yeah. Which can be most, I mean, most specifically in particular with the minions and things that we got, seems to harken back to Final Fantasy 2, right? Oh, God. Um, so we're going to have to spend is... 12 raids getting hit so we can level up our HP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, because it's connected to him and because there's, like, this two kind of element, pandemonium itself being a Greek word that combines the words for all in demons so like all demons so like initially i thought about void scent or something like that or you know something that might be those kinds of entities but la habrea was an interesting twist for this so i could absolutely see them doing something like his experiments i could see it being something that even harkens back to you know whatever the ancient world or ancient magics that they were trying to bring back or um you know things that he might have been trying to create on his own that could have been failed attempts at almost, you know, bringing back true guardian forces or, uh, like, I don't know, there's just so much that they could do with that and still have some tie to the Asians as a whole um, that I'm sure will just continue to rip out our heartstrings in some way, shape, or form and make us regret that we killed them all. So, <laughs> or most of that. Yeah. Uh, but someone said, Fancy has the Pandemonium Fortress. I remember that, yeah. And there's also mm -hmm. Pandemonium in Pharmacy 9. There's a few references to that. Um, yeah. A few enemies, things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on the eight-man raid. I like it. I think it's good. I mean, I'm just excited that it's supposed to be all original content, right? And to yes. me, like, the most original thing does feel like the Ancients and, you know, things there. So, I... And, and or the Asians and these, you know, twists that have kind of come about that have really, I think, just been so oh, memorable and just really, really catapulted the game to this next level. So I would love to see that. I mean, it could also be, too, we don't know exactly, like you're talking about, like the idea of a, a laboratory or something. Yeah. We don't necessarily know where they've done a lot of really? stuff, right? Emmett Selk supposedly cloned himself into a ton of different bodies. I mean, they've supposedly been gathering a bunch of information about all of the different shards they've you know they they were trying to find ways to bring about the downfall of all of them so i could absolutely see it being some kind of hub or even maybe some kind of um you know castle type deal that maybe they operated out of that would have some really neat oh. behind the scenes evil machinations that maybe they had planned to unleash or thought about unleashing but hadn't or um stuff like that <laughs> turns out he's just been a meme singer all this long lahi freya sorry i butchered that <laughs> Really? <laughs> uh, he he knew mean, it before like, it was cool. I'm still kind of concerned because a lot of people have said like Shadowbringers was like probably the best storytelling, and it was pretty like hype. It was like really like up there. And I was like, how can they outdo Shadowbringers? Is it going to be like you know how expansions have that moments where it's like the expansion's good and then they have a bad expansion? Good expansion. Bad expansion. Unless you're in WoW terms, you've had about five different bad expansions. Um, 
you know, I mean, I, sorry, go ahead. Because Stormblood for me was not good story wise because it was split between two different stories and it eventually became one, I guess. Um, Heaven's Ward was just dark as hell. Again, I love that. That was great. You know, seeing characters. If okay, guys, if spoilers, okay. But when you see characters die in that, you're like, okay, okay, <laughs> that's kind of dark. But then didn't really see that again. So I'm hoping now I have my little conspiracy theories when, because this is the end of the Highland Zodiac fight. This is this is it. This next expansion is it for this era. So if we say kill Zodiac and get rid of Zodiac and all of these Astians are going to disappear. What about Gaia? Because she's technically an Astian. Does she disappear? Will Rin be depressed and lonely? Saying she should have Thancred there as well. I, I want to know what happens to Gaia because she is technically a Astian. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I don't even necessarily think they're steering us towards one gets destroyed, right? We don't know yeah. exactly what all of this, what the setup will be, right? The idea of revealing that Heidelin and Zodiac are the ancient, the most, the oldest, the oldest, wrinkliest of all the primals. Like, the idea of that automatically sets up an affiliation in our minds with, well, then we have to kill them, because that's what we've done with all of the other primals thus far. But as we've had a shift in our own perception and the way that we relate to these different things, and as we, we've even seen things like Guardian Forces or um, the summoning of Hades or the idea that the Echo or Complete Ancients, again, wouldn't be consumed by channeling some of these kinds of entities or forces, um, the more that we kind of learn about that and our own perspective has shifted and broadened, the more that I'm convinced that there is something about this that is far more ambiguous, right? The idea of balance being really key here and whether or not they are destroyed or brought into balance or somehow, you know, consumed together to, you know, release their energies or, or whatever it is. There are certain things about that as well as like the downfall of the final days that I think are going to be huge questions and answers about like, how do we keep a stable world? How do we keep our energies balanced? And you know, what are the forces that are at play behind the curtain throughout the ages of history that we haven't been privy to? So to me, it's like, I don't know exactly how they're going to culminate it. There's a lot of options, and I think it really depends on the direction they want to take it. But I felt more of that. And when it comes to 14 and the question of like, how do you top Shadowbringers? It's funny because although you can absolutely look at each expansion as being its own like there is its own definitive narrative arc within it it is contained to be a story i tend to think of final fantasy 14 overall as more of a series of novels just like you would think of um you know gosh like the first book in a trilogy is usually upbeat the middle book in the trilogy is usually the very depressing one that sets the stakes and the third one is the triumphant victory right I tend to think of Final Fantasy XIV and its expansions not being separate things that like constantly have to be outdone, whereas they are more of a culmination of an ongoing narrative, and each one contrasting and comparing to the other leads us further forward. So it's tough because there were some big reveals in Shadowbringers, but personally, I think the real thing that's going to make this shine is that it's going to be the culmination of 10 years of story. It's not just one expansion on its own. This is going to be just in and of itself an emotional ringer because it's going to bring together all the characters, all the journeys, all the threads, the things that we have, you know, theoretically, if it all comes together well, it'll do all these things. And that in and of itself gives this expansion a punch 
that like many other games that go more episodic or individual with their expansion so that player can just players can pick up or jump in wherever they want right it's like you lose out on the power of what it means to take a 10-year journey by yourself and with others um through a narrative that if done well can like gosh just build on that and build on it so i'm sure there's like specific things um you know i've seen people saying and, and even in chat when we were live today or things like that like oh if the warrior of light died and then you had to make a new character that'd be absolutely blow my mind and it's like i think it will it would but i also just think that they've laid the groundwork through everything so far in that i don't really feel as though they're trying to top the story as they are literally bringing to fruition the story they've been telling which i think will be rewarding in and of itself yeah because they're trying to they're trying to end it this is the end the end novel where it's all gonna come together and then they're gonna start something new again that's what i'm that's looking what, forward to that's why i feel like we're gonna lose most of the scions in the expansion and don't i don't but when i say that i don't mean they're gonna die i just feel like at the end of the end walker most of them will go off on their own ways to do other things like I feel like the, the, the Scions aren't going to exist as they are right now. I feel like it's going to be a new group of adventurers. And when you talk about Hydaelyn and Zodiac, and uh, Word Again brought this up earlier about them dying, I, I still feel like Hydaelyn and Zodiac, because we learned about the heart of Zodiac with Elidibus, spoilers, sorry for all the spoilers in this episode, but um, I feel like we're going to, one of the reasons why we went to the moon, um, well, it's, you know, plot convenience wise, is the fact that if we become. Hyden's pure champion and, Z and Xenos becomes Zodiac's pure champion. We won't care about how much we would destroy because there's nothing. It's the moon. What's going to happen? We're not going to destroy the actual moon. There's no structures for us to, people to worry about, really. So I feel like we're going to fight Xenos on the moon with like a full anime style fight, kind of like how we had the Shinryu fights and all those over the top fights. We're going to yeah, have a full. They did say that Xenos is not going to be the 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 main villain. True. So I think we're going to, you know, probably get rid of him. <laughs> I'm going to say at least Definitely. like, I don't know, about halfway through like Leboite. <laughs> well, okay, not halfway through Leboite. I'm going to say like 85. And that was going to be like a whole new thing. The real moon <laughs> worked again. Not the, not Dalamuth, but the real actual moon. Dalamuth, I think sorry. what would be like a major hype moment for me would be if, okay, either it's confirmed that we are actually a Zem, which again, yes, yeah, sorry for all the spoilery stuff today. Um, that would be really exciting to figure out that we had our own personal stake. Like, and we already have had hints, possibly, possibly, whether it's just that we remind them of a Zem or that we actually are a fragment of a Zem soul or whatever it might be. Um, I think that would be so massively hyped to actually remember our own role in stuff. But even more than that, I think like, Moon gets destroyed, that'd be pretty wild. Yeah, like, there's, like, big stuff, but to me, the big one would be if, like, we ourselves turn into a primal. <laughs> like, yeah. like, there's been so much discussion about the channeling of faith or people's beliefs. Um, there were some theories for a long time about whether or not the Warrior of Light was even just a primal to begin with. Um, I, mean, I mean, like, a get... lot of those things I think we have learned for the most part aren't true, but to be able to manifest our own innate power and control it using the Echo in a way that, you know, could literally compete with the clashings of gods would be incredible. The reason why I say about Highland and Zodiac, that way, that way they can, like, get rid of Highland and Zodiac and that big... Because otherwise, we're just going to keep getting more and more powerful, and at that point, it's going to be a bit weird when we go into 6.1 and we we have godlike powers. So there's got to be a way to nerf us a little bit, because otherwise, story-wise, it would get a little bit ridiculous. We're going into Naruto territory right there with Madra. 
I yes, there definitely have to be a way to reel it back or something. I don't, I don't yeah. know, but I mean, it is a pretty big moment, and what comes after this, we'll have to see. But yeah, that's where well, 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 goes, goes from. Yeah, but uh, they make you new from the Matrix, and you die to a ball. But the thing is, like, <laughs> you, you, Final Fantasy kind of does it anyway. Story, yeah, you're like, oh man, I killed Chimryu. I'm the best. I killed the dragon. Oh no, I've died to a tree. So I mean, I and, died to a tree. <laughs> yeah. I've been in Eureka. I've died to a lot of trees. <laughs> um, so, but no, I'm expecting. I'm. I don't know. We'll see. But healers. <laughs> but healers. Yeah. But healers. But healers. I mean, there's a lot of things coming. Possibly an yeah. Endwalker as well. Big, big changes for healers. Yeah. Someone said um, that they do. They do. You think Sage is going to be the top healer DPS? Uh, I'll let. I know my thoughts on this, but I'll, I'll let you both talk first. Uh, I yeah. Sure, I think it could be. I think it could be. It, I mean, they, at least from what we've seen a little bit, there seemed to be some talk about self-buffing and mm-hmm. or something that appeared to be like a more of a DPS burst window. Um, okay. I, I think that would be really neat. I'd be very interested in that. I think even kind of like Gunbreaker, how Gunbreaker, while it is very much a tank still, so it's not as though it has usurped the Felcleave pinnacle throne or anything like that. Like, it's plays more like a dps it's procs the things there and people really seemed to resonate with that so i could definitely see sage being something kind of like that where it's rotation or procs maybe give you more of a feeling of playing a slightly faster paced dps but then it also you know obviously has a lot of defensive stuff as far as shielding and things go there but maybe pretty decent dps just on its own of its own right yeah uh i think sage is gonna be just the white mage of shield healing where it's just you know astro and sorry scholar my my bay will be kind of kicked to the curb i'm gonna say i think a lot of people are gonna be taking the white mage astro no no not white mage astro uh, white mage sage but i think astro still has a big part of it because of its obviously its cards where poor scholar does not give you anything other than like crit up on the boss. That's it. Poor Scholar. I, I do feel bad for Scholar. I think Scholar has probably got the worst, uh, the worst thing of everything. Honestly, the, the pets are cool, but all, as we all know, they hate trying to fix pets because pets are a big detriment to this game. Apparently, I mean, they don't know yeah. how to balance pets, and I think the main it's, issue it's with the balance of the pets is is because the fact that they've got Summon Scholar with the same job crystal. So a lot of the spells affect the other job. So it's very hard for them to balance both of them. So it's, I could, yeah. Yeah, pets, I, I still think they should get rid of, I, I'm going to get so much hate, but I feel like they should chop pets altogether. But instead have an ability where you yourself kind of, remember like in the old Final Fantasy games, where you would have like a big summon, like you would summon if it would do damage. I feel like if they move away from pets being on the field, but instead, you summon bigger versions of the pets, like you summon, yeah, like if like Bahamut, yeah, yeah, like, like Bahamut, like Bahamut and Phoenix. Yeah, yeah I, I think yeah. that should be a lot better. Anyway, I think that should just yeah. be mentoring. For... Yeah, I mean, just I just was gonna say, just to give you more variety, even or, um, I mean, I've heard people as well talk about the idea of something closer to the new Final Fantasy that we've seen, the idea of almost evokers, where, um, you channel some aspect of some yeah. kind of, uh, you know, summon. Because, of course, there's always the concern, and it's difficult, because you can't, like, halt a whole party to have some sort of 
super cool cinematic where Ifrit descends and drop kicks a meteor or like, <laughs> you know, like, and that's what's so iconic about fi- like the Final Fantasy summons a lot of times. Um, and like having things like Bahamut and Phoenix, I think we've seen in the past that they're also very conscious about how they affect the visibility of the field, how they, you know, obscure things, giving people options to make them appear smaller or kind of things like that. Or, um, you know, it seems like they've been very hesitant to add more of those, possibly because of the pet clutter and those already. But to me, I'm like, even if you just put, I don't know, yeah, something pops up in a summon that's part of the animation for an ability or, you know, you have some of these, but they appear or rotate off the field faster, or you do something like an evoker where you yourself seem to get semi-transformed by some of the abilities, or, um, because it just feels like right now they just didn't want to commit specifically to pets being the gameplay that you are controlling, especially because of the designs, um, but they also didn't want to, like, it's just, it's such a weird dissonance, right? Yeah. It's like, you don't direct, like, really do a whole bunch with the pets, but you kind of do a little bit with them. But you also just have your own thing in rotation that you do. So it's not really like your mechanics are truly based around the pets that you have at your command. Um, so it seems to me at this point, if they want to lean that direction, like, why not just lean that direction and just give that flair of summoner in other ways while still allowing you direct control over rotation abilities? Yeah. Talking about the jobs pool, I feel like, I know this will sound weird as a white mage main, but I think it's going to be Astrologian and Sage as the two main two main jobs for raiding. Just because a lot of the times when they rework a job that they say, they often either don't tweak it enough or it gets crazy. So I, I, I'm on the fence that Astrologian might replace white mage. Um, I mean, Which... unless they do something for White Mage, right? Like, yeah. if mm. if they buff up what White Mage does so that, like, if we're thinking that Sage is going to be the DPS shielder, right? Yeah. So, like, if they have very little utility, but again, because this seems to be the usual division that they do. So, like, if they have little utility for, like, the party, but they themselves can kind of buff themselves to help compensate and provide their own level of damage threshold or something like that. Um then why not balance that out with white mage right i mean we had some of our potencies adjusted so that they aren't bonkers but unless they're gonna add something like an actual we i mean we have kind of utilities in regards to something that um boosts the amount of healing done or reduces some incoming damage but it's not like we have a damage up like astrologian which really has kind of become a huge backbone when it in regards to buffing in this game um so it seems to me like the logical step would be to make white mage in line with sage's dps potencies and then um i mean gosh poor scholar i think just needs a rework and i i feel that for summoner too but if they gave scholar like some really cohesive fun gameplay and gave them buffs that were kind of on par with something like what astrologian brings to the table then it would become more of a thing like which healers do you bring do you bring like this dps one and this one that has the utility for the party or this one and that like otherwise i do agree with you i think it'll probably be sage astrologian especially with say or with astrologian being moved into the pure healer category so like if their potencies are equivalent to white mage as far as healing goes of course they're going to bring the one that can do as much damage and also has damage up for the whole party you know because if your your damage is slightly less than the white mage but you can you give damage up to the highest DPS in your group. 
your overall group DPS should go higher than if you just brought the white mage. Well, yeah, and you have, uh, was it, is it divination? What gives everyone like a damage up for like a brief time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that is a really good aspect. And definitely if you've got like a dancer as well with that, like timing yeah. it with all that is just great. And Scholar, Scholar, Scholar needs help. Scholar has its computer skill that increases <laughs> crit chance, right? I yeah, think. yes. From the boss, but that's yeah, I mean, it. it's tough because like Scholar, like this is the thing, Scholar is not bad you know like i've co-healed with scholars who have been incredibly competent even this tier and really do make a difference and the shields make a difference and you know i i don't want anybody to feel as though like scholars unplayable because it's not but when you look at the overall cohesion of other healer designs and then you look at some of the weird changes that have happened in regards to like you know adjustments of abilities and thresholds and all sorts of things it really does feel like scholar is incomplete it feels like it has these weird holes it's like why are the fairies redundant why are they even there if they just do the same you know like why do you have two different ones if they literally like it makes no difference why are these these things or these things like the moments or areas that scholar has shown in the past with being like dps healer or having the just ridiculous if you knew your rotation so well holy cow those crit lows were so powerful and like all these oh, other things that remember when I think scholar maybe... was technically broken um yeah. what was that billy no on warrior you used to do a combo between warrior and scholar warrior yes, was able yeah. to make anything that hit from behind a critical hit so until they patched it scholars shields were counting for that critical so you would have the warrior tank the boss, scholar stand behind the warrior and heal the warrior, and it would get auto crit shields. Yeah, it's like you could do so many little things with it. The strategic element in the lore and the foundation and the concept of the class really seems like there have been other points where it has shown a little bit more. And like right now, again, it's not at all unplayable. I actually really enjoy co-healing with scholars. It's just that I think the actual cohesion of the class, the way that its lore and its execution and its abilities and, you know, giving it something that, again, will feel really distinctive and unique to it. Because if we're just getting shield healers and then pure healers, right, again, Sage, not only even just in the thematic sense of its name, really seems like it is going to be impeding on Scholar. Um, If it becomes what scholar almost was in heaven sword where it's that damage shielder i really it's tough to see where scholar is going to be able to shine on its own and i think the class is so fun like it's really neat and i really like when people get into it and so i i hope that they like retool it and are rethinking about all of this and give it some really strong stuff that feels unique to the identity of the class as we move towards this new shift in healers otherwise i think it's just going to get left behind and just have these weird holes in it that just don't make sense design-wise. Well, like, the, the, the old designer scholar, which was my favorite designer scholar, where the pets were actually different, where one was a pure healing um, pet, or was just Aos, you know, that had regens, it had, um, it was uh, one that put up healing up, so you can do more healing. Yeah. Then you had the other pet that gave skill speed and spell speed. You know, you would do that on pool. That was their, like, you know, that was their thing. Like, every scholar would pop that for everyone to get, you know, skill speed and spell speed. Though the dragoons didn't like that because they hate skill speed. Rip dragoons, you know. And they could mass dispel with it. You know, there isn't a mass dispel in this game. Or a mass soon or whatever. And they got rid of that. And that was my favorite part. Because it had all these different things. It could... 
silence it could you know asuna it could give people skill speed and spell speed you know and they just took it away just to make it a pure healing uh word again says i'm expecting most of the df runs to be sage healing until around 6.1 well i expect the same with reaper i expect most of the dps i see are reapers and i'm gonna be one of them yeah absolutely i mean i mean unless other classes are just really fun you know it's i think it depends too because either if you've played the game for a really long time and especially if you've been a healer right and this is important this is important i think because it's been a long and long time since we got a new healer and a lot of people were expecting to get one last expansion myself included which was one of the very incredibly rare moments that we've had announcements um for something in the game where i was just like what what do you what do you mean like i was sitting there and i just felt my stomach drop when we didn't get one you know um and of course it sounds like there were reasons for that and a lot of other things there almost always are behind the scenes that we don't understand as players but it is something where especially for healers good everybody have fun with sage everybody play sage and we can hope that they bring some new fun abilities to their classes that maybe really solidify your love for that class or really bring together the gameplay so that you really enjoy it but when you've only had these three healers for years and years and years and years now and you're like oh a new one's here boy would i love to try something different <laughs> like <laughs> without that, overhauling a class which can be like a new experience this is about as close to get so that fresh car yeah. smell <laughs> yeah it's like that fresh car smell <laughs> oh when you open up a pack of playing cards for the first time oh yum uh, i was surprised bard I like how Bard is because it's a support class. Same with Dancer. I do like my me some support classes. Uh, Bard, Bard is definitely uh, one that kind of needs a rework. We could do uh, a whole nother thing just about Bard. I mean, it's in the same kind of boat as, I think, Scholar, in a sense, yeah. right? That we've had other classes be introduced that have possibly taken some element or niche that Bard once specifically fulfilled. And then they just haven't seemed to totally know what they want to do with that class, right? Um, we don't have a specific category in, in this game for supports, unlike um, you know Eleven or various other MMOs. Where and a lot of this is just because of the nature of the fight design and things, right? Like there has to there have to be a variety of buffs you would apply that actually are relevant in content in a variety of different ways to have true supporters. Um, where, you know, like they have to use these things to combat other stuff or um, protect or buff or all these different things. So it's interesting because, um, I mean, yeah, it's we. I mean, maybe someday could we see a support category added as a subsect of healers, I guess. But it really feels like they have just narrowed down more and more and more what those buffs do with Astrologian as well. You know, it's like, boy, do I miss the old cards, because I at least liked what they were trying to do. I at least liked that there was, in theory, a variety or flex of play and decision-making you can make based off of that. Um, not to say that Astrologian isn't still fun to play. I mean, it's just that it's tough when you keep narrowing down what exactly utility means on classes and removing synergies um, so that you just have less and less options, you know? Yeah. I will say, when it comes to that, that's probably going to be the next yeah the expansion after endwalker because i was looking at the jobs i've looked at the past um you bringing that up would make me think that whatever after endwalker 7.0 we're probably going to get a new ranged and what they might do 
is have Bard and Dancer be ranged support, and then Machinist and whether this new range will become like a ranged support, but more melee, more damage based. Kind of how like we've got the Sage and White Mage, in theory, because we don't know what the changes to Astral are. Sage and White Mage would be the DPS roles in the healer. We might have a support, a DPS role for the range to go with the fact that support would be maybe Dancer and Bard, and they might bring roughly the same buffs, but slightly different to make them relevant, but also that's the issue. You want them to be different because you want to have to play different. You don't want the same job twice, but at the same time, you want to make sure that both of them bring something to the table that even if they're different, they both can be used equally in any content. You don't want to exclude either of them. Like Paladin was excluded back in Heaven's World because it wasn't good to do. You could raid with Paladin, which is fine, but the fact that it didn't block magical damage meant that really you want to bring a Dark Knight over yeah. a Paladin because lack of magical defense. So I feel like we're going to get a new ranged physical and a new ranged ranged. Not ranged physical, but you know what I mean, yeah. Dex. I mean, we'll see. It's it's interesting. The utility question is a big thing, I think, yeah. even with healers or with the ideas of these, um, you know, like ranged physicals that are supposedly have utility support capabilities. I think you see overlap between both. Work to game in the chat, bringing up some good points about um, what's being described or what I was describing previously being the player, not the class, which I think is a mix, which I'll, I want to talk about here in a second. But then also the idea of everything being a spectrum, right? And game design is, right? So yeah. if you have so much niche, niche flair for each class, you get into the problem that they were trying to address when they removed synergies and things like that, where... Party finders have these only ninja, don't bring anything else, only bring this thing, you're not allowed to bring, you have to have. And I really do appreciate the idea that they, I think, have really gotten close to a good class balance. The healers also right now feel very balanced. All the classes feel pretty balanced right now, even if there are maybe some weird little design things where you're like, this feels strange, or I think this could be better. Um, so it's like, it's one of those things where I think our healers are in a good place. Uh, and even some of the changes that I might not love, you know, I can see why they did them again. Um, but then there's also, again, the idea of narrowing things down. So like in regards to the idea of Astrologian's cards, for example, and the fact that there used to be a whole bunch of utilities, but people only ever use them for damage, which again is just specific to endgame. There were many situations I used the other cards um outside of that right or even like somebody dies you use your mana you can get actual mana back up people can do things you can actually heal through whatever phase you needed or um you have a new tank and that poor little babby just is eating so much damage so you put the bowl on it helps you do like there were definitely situations but a lot of times these things are discussed in regards to specifically end game or raiding content so within that format the idea that damage above all else was priority i do agree is a problem with player bases absolutely and with our mentalities for things like this and even in this discussion about healers right you know um is having a healer that deals its own damage but can't buff others better or more beneficial to the party overall versus like mm. um is having somebody who like you pointed out earlier paul can buff your greatest damage dealer more potent um and the exchange you make for that right so it's like there's all these discussions that go into it, but I do think a lot of it as well is the fact that 14 has maybe pushed very much in that even playing field, everything is everything and can be used in everything kind of mentality to the point where, you know, um, in other MMOs that I've played, for example, uh, there may be bosses that are very notorious for applying uh, damage over time to the party. And there's specific ways you can cleanse those conditions off of people. There may be bosses that um, 
you know, ask for this specific thing, or you have to stun or interrupt, which we do see in Final Fantasy XIV to some extent. Um, there may be really specific buffs that are good against this boss because it's a high mobility fight. So if you can get more strikes in per second, cast times aren't as low, things like haste are relevant. Um, like there's all sorts of little ways that in the actual designs of fights, you can create opportunities for a variety of different buffs, boons, utilities to shine. But I think that we haven't necessarily seen the game from the get-go be designed with that mentality in 14. And so it does come down to this thing where there may be particular situational things you have to respond to sometimes with like an interrupt or with a, but it's not the kind of thing where, okay, here are, you know, the list of different utilities we have. We design fights around them. And, you know, now these things give, get more value because of it. These things are more important because of it. Um, you know, one of the only ones I could think of right now to really put in that might be helpful would be something like um, Bard actually, or one of the other healers or somebody actually being able to put on that movement speed boost in combat or mana replen, although they've kind of buffed up individual mana as a result, so it doesn't matter as much. I loved the group Asuna from Scholar. I thought that was brilliant. Um, working on tea. Oh man, I love that in the bit in the first phase where you gotta <laughs> cleanse the entire party. Oh my gosh. But see, then again, that's what gives it value. So I think it is partially player mentality, but also if you have game design that conscientiously in mechanics and things gives value to other forms of utility, then we see the player base respond. Otherwise, why not just bring in a flat damage up, you know? And partially with, with the idea of shield healing and pure healing, which I'm sure we can talk about. I'm really curious to hear both your thoughts on that as well. I think, again, we're going to have to see value to either category if they're being separated and given weight as either a healer healer or a shield healer. Um, and I'm curious about how you both feel about the idea of balancing that even or, I mean, whatever, anything, but that's well, one that's yeah. been on my mind. You got anything to say, Paul? I prefer shield healers over pure healers because I like the you know damage mitigation. You know, if my my party can take less damage just from my shield alone, I don't have to heal. They'll still be at like full health a little bit, you know. But in the sense of of it balancing, I think healers. I mean, I think just need to be brought up to white mage standards right now because white mage is just pretty good overall. It has great healing. We are. It has great healing, great DPS, a great utility. It does have some shields, you know? It's, you know, if they can bring it up to them, like, not nerf White Mage. I don't want White Mage to get nerfed. I want the other healers to get pushed up there, you know? just That's that's so funny, because I actually feel that way about Astrologian. <laughs> or at least Astrologian played really well. <laughs> to me right now, Astrologian, but this is just my personal perspective, has really become the I almost can do too much of everything. Um, yeah. And it's tricks, it's it's more tricky, right? In in a sense, in the sense that like in order to squeeze out that DPS and also be efficient with buffs and also do the big heals and timing of heals, you I think you do need to have a better idea just in general of the little nuances of the class and how to kind of work with them. Um, the necessarily white mage where there are still nuances, don't get me wrong, there's still definitely things within there, but it has always been a bit more of a direct play style where it's like, I have a pretty clear idea of the things that I do and how to do them. Um, so to me, I it's funny because I feel like 
right now astrologian is the bar to rise to to some degrees but uh, that's also after some of the slight nerfs we've gotten with white mage yeah for me i feel like if you, we're talking about raiding um it's hard for me to describe this really but if you're doing the raid for the first time i think it's easier to do white mage than it is scholar if or astro yeah as a shield healer pure healer as a one is pure healer it's easier to be a pure healer over a shield healer because you can burst heal a lot easier than the other jobs because that is not what they're designed for so if you're running at raids or savage or even extreme for the first time i personally feel like white mage is the best when it comes to your first time because you don't know unless you've watched a guide you won't know everything you won't know how to respond it's your first time going through it um but if you're more experienced with it, it might be better to go as a shield healer of a pure healer because you'll know when to put on crit shields. You'll know when to react, respond to certain attacks that you know that are AOE or tank busters. It, you can probably do a lot more, a little bit more damage switching over to a shield healer doing it that way versus if you're doing it for the first time, it's probably easier to do it as a white mage because you can re, it's a reactive, more reactively. If that makes sense. That's yeah, my yeah. thoughts on it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think we should start wrapping up soon, right? Has it been an hour? Uh, I don't know. It's been Gosh. an hour. What's time? It flew by. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what is this time you talk about? <laughs> it's called midnight. <laughs> I'm about to say like 20 past 12. Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Ooh. Well, thank you, Rook, for joining us. I hope you've had fun. Um, is there anything you want to say yes! before we start wrapping up? Um, no, I mean, I'm just, I think this is all great to talk about. I mean, there's a lot of exciting things to look forward to with Endwalker. And obviously there is a lot of discussion about how they've designed these classes and how they'll change as we get into this new split with healers. Um, as always, I guess the one big thing is that I caution everyone to not go full-blown panic ever. <laughs> because yeah. stuff changes constantly. Um, we live through different eras of classes. There's so much that they do. I mean, I think they've been nothing but conscientious of and continue to adjust and adapt and change this game in very good ways. So no matter what comes out or how things even are at release, remember that constructive criticism is always the way to go. Um, and that full-blown mass-scale panic about numbers, potencies, um, classes being dead forever. Like, it's it's one of those things where you just see it time and time again. And really, when it comes down to it, they take that feedback, they listen, and having these kinds of discussions and sharing that information with them and giving our feedback as healers or any class that we enjoy playing um, is really important because they have a lot of big questions to answer design-wise. And we as a player base play a large part in how they choose to answer those because they, as always, want us to enjoy and have a good time and yeah. like playing the classes and not waste their development time. So um, it's always good to keep that in mind. It can be nerve wracking. It can be unsure if you know you really are vibing with a class and you don't know what kind of changes are coming. But um, things always, always, always shift. Nothing is ever permanent. And um, there's a lot of good stuff and, and they're a great team. So I'm sure it's going to be good no matter what. And that they've made a lot of these decisions after a lot of research and thought, you know? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And also, if you, it- you know, don't get like honestly, I'm all about fun. Like I don't play a class because it's the best class. I have switched how many times have I switched in our raid, Jelly? I don't know. Too many. Because I haven't enjoyed the class. I've played it, so I played Dragoon, Black Mage. I actually main tank. I main tank for a best part of a few a few raids. Uh a, sorry, a few raid tiers. 
And I love that. And I switched over to DPS because I, I saw Reaper and I, I instantly fell in love because I like Necromancer and it kind of reminded me of Necromancer. But, you know, don't care what everyone says, you know, oh, oh no, this class is better. Oh, no, this class is better. Just play what you want to play. You think that looks cool? Play it. You think it looks pretty that I can look pretty in this glamour? Play it. Like, I don't really care. Like, I still think Bard's the best class ever. And I I don't want them to make the game too samey. How it's like, oh, how do you balance stuff? It's like, well, some classes, all classes have got to have a niche. You know, a cool little niche that's different from the other classes. Or then, why would you play that class? You know? Unlike poor Dark Knight that kind of got made a warrior. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully we see something new for them. And hopefully we see Scholar get a really nice rework where... A lot more people will see how good Scholar really is. Yeah, no, no okay. that, that's that's what I got. Play what you want. Play, play a botanist. Play a damn crafter if you really want to. Play <sighs> the game how you like it. Did you play 1.0, Brooke? I didn't actually. I came to the uh, game 2.0 on. Yeah, I remember. I remember the fact you could start 1.0 as a crafter, and you had to fight an enemy on a boat as a crafter, and you had an attack and everything. You could have fight as a crafter slash gatherer uh can i have my stone back please because they used to be able to have an action where they throw rocks at enemies <laughs> can i have that pebble. back please pebble. or if they don't want to do that we've all got like we've all got really physical weapons as crafters you know needles or anything like that can we just have a, a smack enemy button i i, I would like to see that oh, puppeteer have, have becomes that. you know puppeteer <laughs> just becomes a pissed off uh but uh, not bonus <laughs> a pissed off weaver Every dead body just makes it into a doll. Oh, Amazing. But yeah, I'd never played Hamlet. I never got that far into 1.0. Be a good old rock for I remember that. Like I played 11 until I lost my account and it made me sad. Then I jumped into 1.0 and we all know that story. So I'm not going to bring it up again. Um, also, can we get, yeah, can we get gl- not just glowy secondary gathering weapons, but I want glowy armor. I want to shine so bright that not only do I blind the enemy, but I blind anyone else in my pie that looks at me. I want to be a living embodiment of the Red Mage Limit Break. Oh, that's powerful. That's a powerful <laughs> level. <laughs> oh, now I'm having flashbacks to when I do extreme trials with friends and they do Red Mage Limit Break at the end and we all die because we don't see the AoEs on the floor. <laughs> yeah, can it's we get that hazard? <laughs> uh, before I say my stuff, I'm going to pick the winner for the giveaway um, and then we'll, yeah. <laughs> White Mage Flashbang. White Mage flashback inspired you. <laughs> um, congratulations to Can Later, Can Latter for winning. If you're in the chat, please say. If you're not, then we'll be. I'll I'll call someone else out afterwards. Oh, there you are. Yeah, you win. Congratulations. I will contact you after the podcast, which is right now after we finished the words. Uh, thank you so much for joining the, for the podcast. I'm. Chi- oh, by the way, before you, how can they contact you? By the way, Rook, sorry. Your Twitch oh, and all yeah, that. First, you have <laughs> and your shout outs. Completely have just skipped like half yeah, of our thing. Your shout outs and how can they contact yeah, you? you got any oh shout my outs? gosh! Yeah, hello, hi everybody. Um, thanks so much for listening today. I'm Rook, aka Bird of Chess. I'm a variety of a broadcaster with a focus on Final Fantasy XIV and Guild Wars Two. I'm also a co-host of Aetherite Radio, where I'd also talk about Final Fantasy XIV, usually on Saturdays. 
Um, and uh, I love, love, love talking about MMOs as a genre. Um, I really care about creating inclusive, thoughtful spaces online where we can have fun, laugh together about dumb stuff, but also uh, talk about the things that need to be talked about. And uh, as always, have good discussions surrounding the games that we love. So uh, if you're looking to find me anywhere online, you can find me at twitch.tv bird of chess. You can find me on Twitter at bird of chess and YouTube now as well. Bird of chess everywhere. Pretty much bird of chess. You can find me. And uh, usually if we're not live on my channel, uh, you may be able to find me elsewhere doing different podcasts for various MMOs. So check that out. Keep an eye out on the schedules. And I'm always, always happy to see people and to chat and to goof and to talk about stuff like this. And thank you so much for having me again. I'm so glad to get to talk with both of you. Thank you for putting up with us. <laughs> it's no putting up. It was great. I had fun. One might even uh, say I had fun. <laughs> oh, God. Well, 127 is our last episode. Good work, everyone. We've done it. Uh, We've done it. <laughs> Seriously, thank you so much for joining us. Paul, have you got any shouts? And, you know. How are you going? Any shouts? Well, shout out to Rook. Thank you for coming on. And it was amazing. I really enjoyed your stream today as well. Uh, you, you talked about mental health, and I'm a big advocate for mental health because I have suffered with uh, depression, anxiety, and all that for the rest of my life. So it's good to hear the streamers, you know, spread awareness of it. It's a big thank you for that. And you can find me. Obviously, I'm, I'm Paul. I'm the other half of Milgram. I'm the guy that's in the shadows most of the time. Chili's the, uh, you know, he gets out there. The, he has the anime rivals. You know, he's like, been on every podcast nearly. You can be my anime rival as well. I've got room for more. Yeah, we can all be anime rivals. We can rivals all be together. anime rivals. Yeah. See, I'm Please. never anime rival. I'm just like that side character. I'm just like, I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like the stone side character half the time, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm like the you know the shaggy and you know the shaggy. Oh, well, then I've got, okay. Then I'm okay. the Scooby Doo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just like yeah. treats. Give me snacks, and I'm there. <laughs> but I like to talk all things RPG related, from Dragon Age to Final Fantasy, from Bioware to Square Enix to Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, not so much Blizzard because yeah. Even though I still play their games, I play a bunch of MMOs, searching from Modern Warcraft to Final Fantasy to Swaltor to... I used to play Guild Wars. I know you want to try to. New World. New World looks good, maybe. We'll look at that. But I'm I'm a big RPG now, so I like my RPGs. But yes, the, yeah, the hesitation of Blizzard does scare me a lot. But what can I do? i still got three months of my WoW subscription left, and that's coming up to Endwalker, so you know I ain't subscribing back to it. Because when Endwalker comes out, I'm all going to be over that. But yeah, uh, you can I'm find me at L1, where you'll see me basically talk a load of shit half the time. From, again, Dragon Age to Cyberpunk. Everyone, go buy Cyberpunk right now. It's on sale on Steam. You know, go play it. It's a great game. Go play. But yeah, would, and, and I, you can I, find I, me here as well. I'd like to shout out to Paul, as always. Thank you for being my amazing co-host. This wouldn't be a thing without you. So, thank you. Uh, you do a lot yeah, that people don't YouTube, know about. Um, quick question, MU or MC? Um, Combat said, "Mu or MC? I, I don't know what that what? means exactly. I don't know what that means either. Man United, Man United or, or Man City? City. <laughs> yeah, it's all like, like Man United, Man City. No, I'm a Middlesbrough. Sorry. Like I, all I was thinking of is they're missing an eye. Is like Master Ultra Instinct or Master what? <laughs> okay. It's like Marvel Universe or Marvel Canon? Uh, uh, Marvel Universe or the Marvel Cinema Universe? <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I th that'll be that's it. We'll, we'll get here be forever. And he said, "Man, you mate." 
Um, I, I don't understand the sport balls. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to shout out to Paul, and of course, I want to shout out to our wonderful guest Rook. Thank you so much for accepting to be on the show. It was lovely chatting with you. Hope we can have you again on in the future. Uh, shout out to everyone in the chat as well. Um, as I said earlier in the stream, shout out to Word to Game, where if you want to see my poop hat, go check out some of their previous videos because I've actually been on a few of their videos in the past. Probably somehow sneak myself into them in the future again. Poor Brian and Chris for putting up with me. Um, so a shout out to everyone that's here right now. Thank you, everyone. You can remember you can find us on Podbean. You can find us on Twitch.tv says Moogle Go Around Radio. Much love to everyone. I've been Chili from Moogle Go Around Radio. You can also follow me on MGR underscore Chili on Twitter. This has been a great show. Um, see you with episode 128 with Tip and Salts and maybe Amber Fireheart. Bye. And also, thank you, Work to Game, for giving me stuff to watch during streams. Yeah, he likes to react to your shows during Saturday and Sunday streams. So if you ever want to watch Paul react to Work to Game Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Later, letters. Bye, all. Bye.